Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. How are we doing, Dave? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Got something a little different today. Very different, yeah. So what we've done is we realised that uh, when we do the Tuesday tune-in over on Facebook, um, which we've been doing during lockdown, we had some comments and requests around, um, you know, not everyone's on Facebook, but people still wanted to hear about the content. There's been some great stuff. We've talked about bags. We've talked about Battle of the Treks. We've talked about trekking boots, mindset, fitness, loads of stuff. And we thought to ourselves, well, why don't we turn these into podcasts? Because... Like you said, Dave, they're, they're sitting down listening for an hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, we've got a couple of we had a couple of special guests, didn't we? We had a new head of operations over in Nepal. Yeah, uh, Lee Wardle, Ironman triathlete, um, gym owner, and all around nice guy. Um, yeah, and there's there's so much good information and good content there that, and not everybody is on Facebook or yeah can sit there and watch a video for an hour and a bit doing nothing. So yeah, this is a great format. You can do it on the go, put it in your car, listen to it. It's a bit interactive, so you're going to have seen us answer questions and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, but if you're listening to this, obviously, yeah. um, and you have any questions about any of the things you hear, uh, podcast at evertrack.co.uk. Awesome, Dave. Yeah, enjoy the episode, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, all the best. Right, Dave. Today, yeah, we came over this morning, so it's kind of 10 must-haves in your day pack on your next high-altitude yeah. track. Um, we were just talking. And we were like, okay, there's a few things that we, we kind of like to have. A few, Most of it we've probably talked about before. If you've been following us for some time, you'll know there's certain things that we like to talk about, yeah. certain things that we like to put in our day packs. Because we always try and keep them as light as we can, don't we, Dave? We don't want them too, too heavy. Well, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, I should, I should point out, yeah, mine's probably uh, a bit uh, heavier yeah. than most. But no, yeah, like I, I tend to travel. Um, I tend to travel a little bit. Like, um, no, Sinead, still, uh, still in HMP Evertrack and <laughs> I don't think I'm getting out anytime soon. Um, but yeah, the um, it is a bit like this. I feel like you know, was it Piers? Uh, what's his name? Piers Morgan might be interviewing me in a minute. But um, but no, yeah, like uh, we all try to. I tend to. I like to travel a little bit light, mainly because it all started like just because I had a lower back issue. So I started packing my pack light, and then when my back got better. I didn't want to go back to heavy again. But yeah, so everyone kind of packs a little bit differently. But we thought we'd try and zero in on a couple of things that we all use every time, you know? Yeah, um, exactly. And, uh, you know, and hopefully, you know, give you guys a little bit of a, an idea of what to stuff in there at the beginning of the day. Yeah, exactly. Because, um, I mean, on, on any high altitude trek, if, again, if you've been following us for some time or if you're joining us, uh, Paul Evans, uh, you see it's, uh, it's been a while since you had a chance to join live. So, yeah, great to see you on here today, mate. Um, and Matt Scott. Uh, yeah, so we, we do like to almost advise to keep your day pack light. We, we say normally less than five kgs because, you you know, high altitude is hard enough as it is. So, you yeah. know, we want to make it as, as easy as we can. But that being said, there are some fundamentals you need in your day pack, um, you know, things you shouldn't really go about. I, I, I hate that we're trying to teach you guys to, to sort of suck eggs because that's not what we're trying to do. Most of this is common sense stuff. Here's a couple maybe that are like, okay, fair enough, we might need that. Um, we'll start off with number one, which is when you're a high altitude, you need to keep um, hydrated. So, yeah, we'll start off with the, the water bottle, Dave, which I think you have one with you. A uh, water bottle, yes. I mean, so this is sacrilege almost because I don't actually have an Evertrek one. Here. I was going to say, where's the water bottle? <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, I do have a, um, so th this is what, uh, it's a, li a life straw one. Um, we use the Evertrack ones now, but this is the one I had before we had those. Yeah. Um, they all do the same thing, to be honest with you. That long thing in the middle is a filter. So if I run out of water or I just want to like, you know, fill up quickly somewhere, I don't have to worry about where it's come from or anything like that. That'll purify everything for you. That always sits there. This is a great little hint as well. Falling out, yeah. So that goes in the side pocket, clips onto the loop, never lose your ball. That that was a revelation to me, like when I started doing that. But um, yeah. No, great stuff. Yeah, no, it, water bottles, uh, you know, common sense, isn't it? If you've got to, if you're going to drink water, you need to keep your water bottle. But, yeah. um, you know, we usually try and keep it, uh, you know, regarding size. I mean, that is probably a 750 mil. That's 750, yeah. But I also have my water bladder here as well. Okay, which is number two. So not part of the same. This is number two. Yeah. So this, I want to put it out there, right, that the inside of my water bladder is not this dirty. Um, <laughs> like, wow, David. That's all dirt on the outside from Killy. You know what it's like when you're filling it up? It's just then you don't wash the outside, do you? You wash the inside. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. So this is the one that I tend to use every day. It's a two-liter Osprey hydraulics one. Yeah. Um, I do have a three-liter as well. Um, but I think the two liters is fine. Um, each liter of water you carry is a kilo. So that's two kilos right there. And I find two liters is enough and pretty much on all of the trips and treks that you're going to go on and stuff like that, you're going to get an opportunity to fill up when you stop for lunch anyway. So actually, if I drink all that by lunch and then I drink another two, that's four liters, which is pretty much my daily requirement by the time I've done my trek, not excluding like what's in my bottle and cups of tea and stuff like that. But this is the one I, re I recommend. They're really, they're really good. No water bladder, by the way, will last forever. Eventually, you'll get little leaks out of this and stuff like yeah. that. But this one I've had about a year and a half. It's lasted pretty well, isn't it? I think you've, you've yeah. got plenty of mileage out of that over the last 18 months. You know? Yeah, I've lasted an EDC twice and Killy once. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and all that, it's on my hands now. But all that dirt, yeah, <laughs> Killy is like, you know, on the way up, it's really dusty and dirty. And when you're sitting there holding, filling this up, and it'll just naturally get yeah. dirty, you know, so. No, it's important. Um, uh, also say hello to, to a few people that joined us as well. Uh, Bry, great to see you on, mate. He did uh, one of many uh, Evertrekkers I saw, uh, but he actually did it on his birthday. So I think he deserves a big shout out when he did the, uh, the London Marathon the other day. Although obviously it wasn't in London. I know people were doing it everywhere. So it was a London Marathon with a difference. So, yeah. Big um, big thumbs up, Bri. Uh, well done on doing that, mate. I know you were raising some money as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, okay, number one. Number two, yeah, like you said there, Dave, every every litre of water is a kilo. So, again, you know, you could have a three-litre one, probably a bit overkill, especially on maybe the Everest Base Camp track because you're, you're stopping at places where you can fill up sort of every few hours anyway. So yeah. don't feel like you have to carry, you know, like loads of litres of water with you. I'd say two is, is great, especially because you've got your water bottle as well. And it... Also, just to say, if you've got your water filter bottle, you know, if you go, say, in the spring on the Everest Base Camp Trek or the Everest region, there's plenty of waterfalls where you can fill up, especially if you've got a, a water purifier, purified bottle. Yeah. Um, they are um, great use. Hey, Shane. Hey, Abby. Hey, Laura. Great to see um, Great to see some people on here, some familiar faces. Um, right, Dave, number three. So we talked about water then. Yeah. About if the water comes from the sky. Oh, if the water comes from the sky. Well, what I haven't included right in my little thing to put in my day pack is a waterproof Gore-Tex jacket because it's currently outside in the van and it's raining and I don't want to go ahead and get it. <laughs> but, but that's fair. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> jacket and stuff like that, 
I always carry this little waterproof poncho. Yeah, yeah, um, nice. You know, it's just an emergency one. Um, they cost like literally like a quid or two pounds or something. They're very cheap, aren't they? Um, and this actually comes in really handy just from keeping the excess off your body. Yeah. Because I'm sure as everyone knows that, you know, it doesn't matter how waterproof your clothes stay they are. If you're stuck in driving rain for too long, eventually, you know, you're going to spring a leak. Yeah. Having it's going to happen, isn't it? Yeah, it doesn't really cost. It doesn't really cost anything. It doesn't really yeah. cost anything in terms of space or weight. Um, and yeah, these are these are brilliant. So I always have one of them in there because if I was out now, for instance, yeah. I, I, uh, I'd probably just whip that on, stick it over, stuff like that. Used it on Killy. Um, yeah, really, I don't see many people using the ponchos on uh, in like EBC or Morocco or stuff like that because it doesn't tend to rain that much. But on Killy. Yeah it's got its own little microclimate you tend to get a little shower pretty much most days yeah you do don't you? So we were surprised by um you know if anyone's doing killy over the next couple of years uh when we can do killy yeah. um i know that's one of the questions we had in before but um, we'll come back to that with um yeah there it, it rained more than we thought um on some days so yeah a poncho like this is massively important yeah exactly i mean to be honest you can buy like reusable ones that are a lot better than um, but I've just never got round to it um, because I know a lot of people have like really good ones that they put on and stuff like that. I just use that and then I roll it up and turn it into a bag and wrap all my rubbish in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, because they are cheap. I mean, you know, obviously it is is plastic. We don't like to sort of throw it away. But ultimately, when you're on the mountain, you need to, you know, keep keep rubbish off the mountain. Then it's it can be used as a bag. Yeah, you can. Yeah, well, exactly, yeah. I mean, you know, everything you take up there, you should take back with you and get yeah. rid of and stuff like that. But um i'm not carrying like old boxes in my day pack i'm just not doing it <laughs> <laughs> no okay okay so that's three then um number four i know we talked about sort of headwear and okay we talked about the rain if it happens you, you've obviously got waterproof so we'll, we'll cover that as one yeah but also about keeping uh, when it's sunny keeping that off your face i know there's a couple of things that we can use dave i know you've got a couple of things there yeah well um you know i, I love a bit of show and tell um, so, when it comes to equipment, I always think, right, Dave, this is this is you, mate. This is all you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. And and genuinely, I will probably have all of these three sort of on me or in my day pack at one point during the day. So this is the beanie I wore to the summit yeah. of Kim. Um, oh, and EBC. Um, I like to like when you buy this and it just comes from the shop and it doesn't mean anything to you. All of a sudden, you take it to like Nepal and base camp and to the summit of Kili. And it's like embossed with something. I don't know what it is, but like I'm, I'm quite attached to things. I've got a story to tell now, dear. That's the thing. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so um, yeah, little story to tell. That's fine. Um, hang on a minute, getting a bit warm and see. So I was going to say it's, it's quite yeah. Save it for the summit of Killy, mate. Yeah, and this is my cap again, Mingin. But you know, it's been to base camp three times, wow. really once. This one because I run a bit hot. This is brilliant. Um, it's just netted all over, even on the front. So it scrunches up a lot as well, yeah. so it doesn't take much space. I think they're quite lightweight, aren't they? I know that, um, you know, we especially we, we've used some caps on, on Killy, similar to that, obviously, Evertrek ones. But the um, we, we kind of prefer the mesh ones just because, yeah, if, like, Dave, you run quite hot, don't you? Yeah. Tend to sweat on your head. It does air it a little bit more than if you had just a full-on material fabric one. Yeah, and also, um, this is the controversial one that I get a bit of stick for. <laughs> hey. But, this is my sun hat. <laughs> and you know what? Per, I, with, with these sun hats, they are great. They um, Obviously, they keep the sun off your face. Yeah. 
and um, you know they are perfect. Or you can also look like um, uh, is that like Kevin and Perry? Kevin and Perry. Kevin and Perry go large. I don't know. Whenever you put that on, Dave, that's what it reminds me of. I, I don't know if anyone else shares that. But this is brilliant. Like you can have this on your hat, right? And it just you know it keeps the sun off your neck, keeps it off your eyes. I wear it all the time on treks. And um, if we're doing an interview or something, usually I'll get told, "Take your hat off, Dave." <laughs> <But, like, laughs> no, I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for that. People are like, "Can you just please take it off?" Because and again, yeah. just like kind of wrap it up like that, tie it round. And it just stays like that doesn't take any space or anything. It doesn't weigh anything. So it's always in my bag. Um, and literally, like, very rarely on a trek will I not have a hat on. You know, always have a hat on, like, every day. A bucket hat. Yeah, very good. <laughs> um, yeah, great to see some questions coming in. And as, as always, guys, every week, do drop your questions in. Uh, once we finish talking about these, we, we can um, start taking on your questions. Uh, fee is is sending them on our, on our WhatsApp. So we'll, 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 definitely answer those uh, as soon as we can yeah okay so uh next one so we talked about a couple of caps there so four and five obviously with beanie and a hat yeah about the the big one we we talked about some first aid kit we do like to carry some some stuff in the pack don't we yeah so i got this one from nomad travel clinics yeah again like all of this stuff it doesn't weigh anything and it's small so it's it's like one of the key things when i think about what goes in my day pack as opposed to what can be carried in my duffel bag Yep. One thing is weight. I don't want to be carrying too much weight. And it's almost like, what can I do without as opposed to what do I need? <laughs> you know? So, um, and yeah, and in here, like, it's just like a little standard first aid packet. It's got stuff for like diorolite, bandages, um, and that sort of stuff. On all of our trips, the guides have like a fat, like a, it's almost like a medical kit. You know, they carry like everything you need in there. Um, the only reason I carry this is just, you know, for little things like I, if I don't really need, if I need a plaster, <laughs> you know, or if my stomach's a bit yeah. upset and I want a diorolite or something, there's no point, you know, going to the nuclear option, you know, I just have that in my bag. But also, it's handy to have anyway, because let's remember, we don't always trek with a guide, you know, sometimes you're up in Brecon, you're out in Scotland or somewhere like that on your own, and you just want to be able to take the edge off something you've picked up, like a blister or something. That's saved my bacon quite a few times. It's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think that Leah just mentioned then while, whilst we're on, there was a question there, but what is in the first aid kit? Dave, I know you mentioned a few things. You've got some like rehydration stuff as well. Yeah. So you you carry, I mean, sometimes we also put some aspirin in there. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, some people, there, there's a lot of opinions around using aspirin at high altitude and whether it makes a difference or not. Yeah. I, I, I kind of like to take them, whether it's a small placebo effect or if it does help to thin the blood if you use them over a long period of time i mean i don't use them my day-to-day -day life but when i do take them at altitude it kind of takes the edge off so i do keep those in my yeah. uh, in my first aid kit but like you said dave you've got your plasters maybe any any blister stuff as well so if you've got any things like compede anything you tend to use that would help if, you, if you've got any blisters or something just yeah. if you are in the middle of a walk and, and something happens and you need to, to use it um some people don't use them. Uh, like you said, our guides carry the first aid kits anyway, but it's just nice to get the habit yeah. of it as well. And as Paula Reed there has mentioned, better safe than sorry. And especially, Dave, you've said when people are hike, you know, hiking in the UK or, you know, Australia, wherever you are. Um, <laughs> Leah said it's a lot smaller than one I have for hikes here in Aussie. Well, that's because Australia is so big. You need you need yeah. pretty yeah. Out back. <laughs> This one is small, but it packs a punch. Because I got this from a travel clinic, because you can get you know basic first aid kits yeah. and stuff like that. But if you go to the travel clinic, like I've got um antibiotics in here, you know, so you can get part of the Brad yeah. Pitt kit, right? Yeah, this is this is what we call the Brad Pitt kit. 
And um, yeah, if it, you know, you can't slang there. And um, yeah, but it's um, yeah, it's got some antibiotics in there and stuff like that. So it's it's probably you know it's a little bit more sort of specialist than perhaps just your everyday one. But I filled it with like just some compedes some plasters some electrolytes um i'll always carry like um ibuprofen and paracetamol when i when i trek as well yeah mainly to be honest it's it's more to sort of if i get a headache or something like that you know i can or you know a little niggle or something you just want to take the edge off and keep yourself feeling happy because it's all part of the mind as well you know if, exactly if people, if people start getting like a, a sore knee or something they tend to focus on it all day and it can drive you mad you know, so. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just loving some of the comments here. I think uh, Sinead mentioned more things are trying to kill you in Oz, uh, Leah, than in the UK. I say, well, you want to come to Wales, man. It's quite dangerous in the Brecon Beacons. You want to be careful of those sheep. Obviously, yeah. they are massively dangerous. Um, no, they're not really. No. <laughs> I know I know Mick and Bry, um, who have done a lot of hiking in the Brecon Beacons, will know the sheep very well. Um, <laughs> that's where I'll leave it. Um, right, Dave, so that's number six. Uh, yeah. Seven, then. So we talked about uh, you know, if you're hiking, you need to keep your energy up. Uh, one of the things you need to take your, your snacks or your sweets or yeah. things to keep the energy up. So we always, you know, whether you're using, I mean, some people take these, which is like the, the cliff bar. It's, it's typical that the things that give you the most energy tend to taste like crap. I've, yeah. I've realized when you get these protein bars or something, but you know what? Cliff's probably the best one, I, I feel. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't mind the cliff bars. Yeah. But I can have them all the time. Like I, I, I mainly stop with like a Snickers or a Mars bar. You yeah. know, if I just want a little snack on the trail or something like that, and um, you know, sweets and stuff like that. But in your day pack, it's mainly just snacks and sweets to sort of give you a little pick me up and stuff like exactly. that. You need to fill with. So whatever you like to eat at home as a little snack, take it with you. Some people take beef jerky. Um, Haribo Tankastics, because you won't get anything that sour on the trail, you know. So having that is like a real treat. It is, isn't it? Now you're right, and and I know we talked about this before about taking something that like picks you up, as Dave said. Uh, if that is a, a chocolate bar, beef jerky, you know, even if it's some caffeine pills, whatever it is that you you like to take to pick yourself up. Maybe even if you can sneak a bit of iron brew in, you never know if you're from Scotland, you know, uh, you know, bring that along with you. Yeah. Well, They'll deal probably still recovering after her run the other day i have to be no nah, she's not if i know brooke she's probably going out for a cheeky 10k today <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me but uh, yeah big uh, big 10 from us brooke uh, you did awesome mate um on sunday um okay so yeah right we're flying along here okay so that's number seven um also as well another biggie uh, i like to carry uh, energy gels um i always find especially like the, the last sort of quarter of the day um you know if it's been a long day if, if you're struggling and you just neck one of the um i think they're called ios gels i've used used them on all the treks like yeah. Everest base camp killy um even any long treks in, in in scotland or the uk and they do just give you a bit of a kick me kick up the backside um you know because obviously they're rich in electrolyte sugar um, you know, they are really good. I always think, and I, I, I you know, anyone here's got a hike in a high altitude, I know a lot of you have, um, know you kind of personally, um, but carry them in your backpack. They're there. So if you are bonking, as, as we like to call it, if, you, if you're really yeah. like, you have no energy and you're finding it hard to continue, then these will give you that, that bit of a boost. Yeah, exactly. They saved um, a couple of people's bacon, you know, like on Killy and stuff like that. I know I had about four on Killy. 
um, gave a couple to uh, Steve, the cameraman, you know, and just a, they, they do just give you a little burst of energy, you know, not like a long term thing, but, um, you know, the last hour, two hours of the day, if you flag in and any, yeah, like bonking hard. Um, I know you guys, any cyclists here will know what I mean by bonking, you know, it's not what you think it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, we should clarify that, but yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, you don't want to rely on them for sustenance, but, you know, like Andy said, you know, if you need a, a bit of a boost just to get you over the line, they make a big difference, you know. And, and also, again, you know, you have three of them in your pack or something like that, you know, just take one every few hours and it'll, it, it will keep you going and keep your energy levels up um, just so you can, like, you know, get to the summit. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, great stuff. Okay, so last couple then, Dave. I know there was one. Um, I, I I think we we talked about trekking poles earlier. Yeah. Um, and I know that you. And again, this is depends on if you're using trekking poles or not. We like to carry them with us, don't we? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So now I use. So my trekking poles are not telescopic. Well, they are kind of telescopic, but they're really. I bought them because they're really light. Again, lightness. But th these are mine. Yeah. Um, the, what they, Dave? What's that? What make are they? Is that, is that Lecky, okay. Yeah, lecky. And um, they're carbon, but they're like extendable. So you like kind of extend them, you know, and then they've got like the two. So that what you, I'm going to start again. With these, a lot of the ones that you buy, they're just like that. And then when you put them out together, they're one size. You don't want that. What you want them is to be a little bit flexible. So they, they have got the telescopic bit at the end. Um, and then it just makes a big difference. And then you literally just pull them together and bob's your uncle this is a test now dave yeah that is that that is the are test. you good at this as your lacing technique with the boots yeah so yeah, done. hey he's armed <laughs> yeah and and that's it and that that it weighs next to nothing because it's um this one's a carbon pole but again they're quite expensive but i don't like i didn't start with these you know i had the um i think i had another lecky pair but they were just aluminium ones and I, they lasted me for about a year and a half um then i tried a different pair but these ones are my favorite so far um yeah these are these are brilliant and then like when you collapse it you just kind of like pull that ah, a bit of dust come out of it then <laughs> you need to get some use out of those mate oh i know yeah well I tell you, every bit of my kit has got like dust on it now um yeah and then you put it down and then that then just sits in your in your side pocket of your of your rucksack job done and then um, i like it okay so yeah i mean as we're as we're it's, Obviously, when we talk about 10 things here, to be honest, we could have said 20. But yeah. again, we are talking about keeping your pack as light as possible. Because it's just going through the comments. I know there's stuff like other stuff you can have in there. Um, it's always, and again, it, it's what works for you. Um, you know, when, you, when you're hiking in the UK, you get sort of in a, into a habit of having certain things in your, in your day pack. Um, these are the kind of things we suggest having on our trips. But you know, if, if something works for you and you and you and you want to carry something else, I mean, there's yeah. You know, you know, I do generally carry a bit more stuff. My bag is generally heavier the first half of a trek. I kind of like to, and this is just a personal thing. I mean, you know, more than happy for you guys to try this, but I have it heavier on the first fifty percent of a trip, just to kind of get my legs into it. And then as soon as I get over four thousand meters, I usually half that weight, and then that. It just feels easy because you've got a super light pack and then you're above 4,000 meters. It's just a mindset thing I've, I've kind of tried to practice with before. Um, so, yeah, just just something to share when, I come, when we're talking about things that are going in, yeah. uh, you know, in your backpack. But, again, it depends what trip you're going on. If you go in on, say, because this is just we're talking about trekking here. If you go on an Island Peak, Mera Peak, 
um, you know, things like Tupcal in winter. Even now we've um, sort of, I say, softly released uh, Akon Kagua yeah. uh, with regards to going on there. There's thing, additional things that you need. Um, you know, if you're talking about crampons, ISAT, maybe even like thicker socks, you know, backup stuff. Uh, but the, the stuff we're talking about here is purely for the trekking side of things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, one thing I remember about these as well, and it almost happened to me. So ordinarily, there is a there is a, a, a good way to sort of put your hands through these loops. And now it happened to me and I never I always used to go right up through the loop. But you've got to go. Listen, you go I used to go down through the loop like that right but when you fall it, your hand doesn't fall very far away from here so you can hurt your thumb so what you're supposed to do now is go up through the loop so that way if you trip your hand falls much further away from the pole it oh, happened right. to me and i hurt my thumb because <laughs> because because i went the wrong way you know, <laughs> I went through the loop and when i tripped my hand caught on the thumb and i like landed on it like that and it hurt yeah so if you go up your hand will fall away from it Okay, so yeah, nice, Dave. Uh, right, number number nine then. Um, yeah, no, I suppose we should have covered this before, but one thing we do like to cover, and um, most of most of bags, most day packs have this already built into them, especially if you're buying an Osprey one, is that you have a waterproof cover for your bag, because it doesn't matter what you get in your bag, what you have in your bag, if it it rains. Oh, oh okay, Dave, show and tell. Um, you know, you want to keep everything dry, especially if you're carrying anything. I mean, we haven't mentioned it, but if you're carrying in any uh, electronics. Yeah like power banks i know some some people mention anchor which we talk about a lot because they're brilliant but yeah, yeah you want any of that if you're carrying a camera things like that to get wet so yeah i'm, I'm big on uh, a waterproof jacket and dave is big on his bloody power banks yeah i've got loads <laughs> i don't actually carry these in my day pack to be honest no. yeah you don't do yeah yeah, yeah just for that that's the one that i that i use so it's the anchor power bank any power in this one what do you recommend no no None. <laughs> I was going to say you probably sucked it out the last time you were out, <laughs> uh, out on a trek. Um, so yeah, that's nine. And, and number ten, uh, I, I did see someone mention it. Because this is something that whatever you're, whatever you're trekking, we always say carry it anyway. Obviously, if, if you're starting, uh, you know, on an Everest base camp trek and you're, and you're hiking during the day, you're thinking, why would I need it? It's just good to have there as backup, just in case, because we we have. Um, some trips that maybe there might be some weather delays and people have arrived at the destination in the evening yeah so you never know with that so it's worth having this and this is obviously a head torch um that you can uh, you know use uh, on your trek it's important to have one in there regarding makes dave have you got any of the, your, your head torch there yeah i have yeah so which one have you got have you got the petzl uh, black diamond black diamond okay yeah yeah i um this is the one i've used for ages now yeah so um that's it you don't need anything special, you know. So yeah, you don't need like a, a like a helicopter light, but that will. Yeah, exactly. I've seen some people. Yeah, it's almost like you know the sort of military military ones of all the gadgets and stuff like that. But no, it's just yeah, job done. Yeah, nice, exactly. And they're perfect. I mean, Petzl are kind of all the ones that I use. I know you got Black Diamond there. You can't go too wrong with with head torches generally. You know, some that are priced maybe under a tenner. You want to be careful of. Yeah. But you're looking at Petzl. I think you've got the Petzl Tika, which is is really good. I've got a couple of those. They'll last you for, um, you know, if, if when it's on, like three, four hours. Um, you know, obviously you can turn the brightness down. 
Um, but yeah, definitely. I mean, on, on like summit night, Achilles, you know, it's a long night before you, you know, you see that sunrise, which is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so a head torch is massively important on certain trips, but then it's the same as if you're on the Everest base camp trek and you're getting up at 4am and you've got a hike up Kalapatar. It's yeah. going to be dark for the first couple of hours, although it's really nice and you can see the sun coming over the horizon, over the peaks, still worth having the, uh, the head torch just so you yeah. can for your foot placements, yeah. etc. Or if you want to go to the toilet in the night and you don't want to trip over any guys, <laughs> yeah, 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 or yeah. Move into any walls, um, yeah, I always have that, you know, just sort of handy. A lot of the time I'll just hold it, you know, like a normal torch if I'm just in, like, in and around. But yeah, around Killy in the night, definitely need that one if you're going out to go to the toilet. Um, yeah, so because I, I know Diane asked, Diane, great to see you on. I know you asked earlier on about the make, so I hope that answers your questions. And yeah, always make sure the batteries work, guys. I yeah. had taken one out myself and relied on it, and I'm like, oh my god, it's low on battery. Yeah, but um, yeah, there's, I mean, that's ten. Um, see, it's, it's mad. It's quick ten there. You think, geez, there's, there's more than that. Uh, <laughs> especially as uh, Lord James um, just put on there then about carrying some toilet roll. You know, quite light, very important. Yeah, I always carry as well because tenish, tenish. Tenish, okay. Yeah, a pair of gloves. So um, these are liner gloves. So I don't always carry my um, like my thick uh, gloves and so because a lot of the time, you know, you don't you don't need them during the day when you're just you're not you're not you know in really cold temperatures. You can kind of know, but these actually can make a difference. So sometimes they can get a bit windy and stuff. And these are technically liners, but they're um, they're black diamond. But they they also you know they're um, you can touch your phone with them. Um, but they, they don't make your hands sweaty, but they do take the edge off and stuff like that. So I'll often wear those and just like have them in my pack and stuff like that. If we stop for lunch and it's a bit windy, I'll have these. Yeah. Um, and yeah, my last one is a good old reliable polar buff. I've got about 20 of these, but I bought this one because this is like a do everything kind of one. Cause it also got that bit of scarf there as well. Yeah. But, um, yeah, definitely those. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, that's, it's weird because we, we said 10 and we thought, right, 10, surely 10 would be enough. But you know what? It's There's there's, there's always other things like, yeah, I, I see people there. They put sun cream, hand sanitizer. There's always small things that can kind of go in. Yeah. Uh, roll. You know, there's it's, it's mad what you can fill your bag with. But just be conscious of not making it too heavy. But yeah, exactly. I mean, down to you, whatever's easiest for you. Most bags but at high altitude, you know, it's comfortable with five kgs. But, you know, it is it is. What, what you what you're comfortable yeah. with what you're used to hiking with as well exactly yeah and this this bag so this is my osprey it's the strata 26 nice um, all, all of that stuff just came out of here and it, it honestly although we've been talking about it for a while so it might seem a lot it's not that much it's a yeah. little pile like this and it doesn't weigh anything but one yeah. thing i always carry with me as well always got to carry your buddha blessing oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So this was when I was uh, uh, alive, Dave. I think it's, it gives us good karma, yeah? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So this was given to me um, by a Sherpa. Had, like, a little blessing and stuff like that. So, And I, I got given to me on one of my first journeys to base camp. So it's a little bit sort of – it's gone through the mill a little bit. Mm, like that. But, you know, for some reason, I do like to I, – I keep it in my pack. <laughs> good luck, Charlie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you, you know, a little bit of good karma and carry a blessing round on your back. It can't be a bad thing. Right? Yeah, definitely. Right. So we, we've I've got heaps of questions now, so we'll nail nail through them. Um, it's great to see so many questions as well. Um, I know this is our 28th 
tune in, I believe, um, which is nuts, thinking that we started these all the way back down in proper lockdown, um, which was over six months ago. But it's great. There continues to be, um, you know, all these questions. And that's why we keep doing them, because, they're, you know, we enjoy doing these. We want to keep these questions. You, you've got questions need answering. Great. We'll answer them. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll start from the top, Dave. Um, let's have a little look. I know that um, the guys have gotten in there from Jim. Um, OK, so some people are considering Killy next year. Um, likely traveling solo. Is there any costs around this? Um, and also as well. Uh, COVID causing disruption to plan treks to Kilimanjaro next year. So, yeah, just uh, yeah, a couple of questions in one there. But with regards to your first one, uh, any incre incremental cost of traveling solo? Not really, because all of our dates are kind of group trips. We do have people that sometimes, um, you know, want to have a single supplement. So say they want a hotel room to themselves or they want a tent to themselves uh, or a room to themselves on a, on the trek in Nepal. It's a bit difficult in Nepal just and I know you're asking about Killy, but just while we're talking about it, just because of the, the state of affairs with regards to the lodges, especially next year where, you know, everyone from 2020 will want to be there in 2021. You know, all, all, all going well. We're going to we, we can't wait to start running those trips next year. Um, you know, <laughs> we're getting um, we missed it a lot, <laughs> but uh, which is an understatement. But going back to Killy. Yeah. If you wanted your own room or own tent, we, we do. We can do that. Obviously, it's a little bit of an extra cost to that. Um, and yeah, regarding treks to Killy next year, it's the same boat as anywhere else with regards to our trips. Um, look, we've we've had two big seasons in Nepal affected, as well as our trips um, in South America and um, in Africa as well, uh, and the UK stuff. Um, you know, we've had to cancel some of our training weekends, and it's the same. You know, we're we're really we we are confident of next year because of the way it's going. I kind of like to think that. You know, potentially down the line, there's going to be a vaccine. Who knows? You know, we're, we're in the same boat as you guys where we only see what you guys see. Um, you know, but we're confident of Nepal, uh, especially yeah. uh, and Tanzania, just because they're the they're the biggies. We've got a lot of people going out on trips next year. We're really excited to, to get back to the mountains. Yeah. So, yeah, if you want to come with us next year, we, we'd love to have you, Jim. Exactly. And um, so we've got a couple of questions come in now. I know yeah. feed and messaging and where we've got a lot. Um, <laughs> I thought that. Uh, so yeah, what is the so Paul Meacher? What's the max size for a day pack? Um, and so the max size I'd say is around thirty to forty liters. Um, forty liters is probably overkill, but just the sizing often is like twenty-five to thirty. That one there that I just lifted up is a twenty-six, twenty-six liter. Yeah. Um, and I've used that for uh, that was on Killy in February, and it was fine um i've used a 30 liter and a 30 to 40 liter and stuff like that the only thing i'd be wary of is that if you go for a larger pack uh as humans we have a tendency to fill things you know so you might overpack your day pack unnecessarily yeah. um and you weight wise it's it, it's one of those things it's kind of subjective but you know if you're thinking you, you've got three liters, three liters of water on you well that's three kilos and then maybe another three kilos of stuff as well so you've got around six that's at the very beginning, and it's going to get lighter the more water you drink. So my pack often starts at around six to seven and probably ends at around three to four kilos, which is, you know, very light. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, you know, give or take the weight and stuff like that. Um, you only allowed 15 kilos maximum with your bag, uh, day pack and your duffel bag combined. But you can be a little bit sneaky about it if you want. Like, and they don't, they wear your bags, not you. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. Yeah, 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 you know, so um, put your boots on, empty your water, 
power banks in the pockets, <laughs> you know, snacks in the pockets, that sort of yeah. thing. And they're not they're not Ryanair strict, you know, like you've got to pay for every like, OK, you have a, you have a gram over. You've got to pay something. Good old Ryanair. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, in Nepal, um, they are you know, 15 kgs is generally the weight. And then anything after you can pay for, which is about a pound a kilo. But you've got to be careful sometimes because they can take your bag off if it's too big. So it's good to be cautious with that. And like Dave said, just if you've got a camera or a heavy camera, carry it on your shoulder. If you've got water. So maybe carry a bottle, put some stuff in your in you know you could put a couple of kilos easy on your on your on, in your pockets you know yeah exactly um, yeah so good question um, as we're going down yeah we got some got some good ones um, yeah Bryce said I think Dave must be immune to everything judging by the state of his water bladder that's probably a good point yeah Bri, you're there again I want to reiterate the inside of that water bladder is perfectly hygienic <laughs> uh, it's the outside that's covered in a lot of dirt and stuff from kilimanjaro and i looked at it and i thought about washing it and then i thought nah. <laughs> it's only the building that is all that all that bacteria <laughs> yeah that's that's fine you know just, you know building the <laughs> system that's all it is yeah yeah great stuff um chloe boxall has asked about um uh, can you get a uh, clean water refill for your camelback at lunch times and tea houses? So, yeah, I presume you mentioned tea houses there, uh, obviously on the Everest Base Camp track. Um, yes. Um, so whenever we stop, whether that be for lunch or, um, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you, your guides, especially because we use the water filters, they go off and uh, they work their magic and they fill the um, bladder. And, yeah, it's all good. Um, so, yeah, just to answer your question. Yeah, um, uh, your water bottles as well. Anything you need, you don't you don't go short on water um, on these trips, you know, because we, we're conscious of that how important that is when it comes to um, altitude. Yeah, and uh, Paul Evans uh, on that topic asked if uh, he's double checking that we provide filtered water along the EBC track. Uh, yes, we do. Um, so the guides will have um, water purifiers uh, filters. So all the water we used to be able to purify either by boiling with chlorine um and it's not great to do it that way i mean boiling water is, is supposedly like really good but i'm not that confident but chlorine is pretty good but it tastes terrible it can give you stomach acid so we, yeah. we run everything through yeah. these filters. <laughs> um yeah they're brilliant they really are brilliant the water tastes fine it's perfectly healthy and safe to drink um that's how i drink all of my water on all of my treks now is um using those filters they are brilliant yeah exactly no it's it's something we're really proud of to bring that in. Um, you know, back in March 2019, we first started doing it in Nepal uh, before we, we did it on all of our trips. And yeah, it's it's something that's uh, it's a bit of a game changer, really. Um, you know, it's obviously one less plastic, awesome. Um, you know, saves you a bit of dollar as well because you don't have to buy any water. Yeah, um, and it tastes better. Yeah, and that is way better for the environment. Yeah. So actually, yeah. the one thing we do say is that in Gorakshire. You still buy bottled yeah, water. The only place, isn't it? Yeah, it's the only place. And the reason is because yeah, everywhere else we can get water from a fresh water source, either from the glacial rivers and stuff like that, and it's all naturally really fresh. There's no running water at Gorek Shep. It's all frozen solid. Um, but the one time I did see a little sort of pond of open water, there was a horse lying in it. And <laughs> now, yeah. horse water is still horse water, <laughs> you know, even if it's been passed for a filter. So it's just not... That great and um, where we're not 100% confident we have to get the balance right between sort of keeping you healthy and looking after you know the environment and yeah, exactly you've got to put your health 
paramount. So yeah, in Gorekshep, we recommend just buy bottled water for while you're, while you're there. The rest of the time, we got access to water sources that we can yeah. get you fresh water. Yeah, exactly, Dave. Yeah, nicely answered there. Um, uh, Gavin uh, was just about to ask about the chances of rain in the spring. Uh, in uh, So you're going to Everest, Everest Base Camp. You mentioned, uh, I guess that it's not like an English Welsh spring. Yeah, it's um, so earlier on, uh, with March, um, I know you're just trying to remember when exactly you're going. So March, quite cold. You're coming out of winter. Uh, very similar to, to here, um, although obviously it's magnified because you're in the mountains and, and you're in a... Uh, you're in the high altitude uh, but yeah as you get into sort of april may it gets quite warm um you know during the day so yeah if you do if there's any precipitation around it will turn to rain uh, the higher up you know will be snow um the higher up you go but it just depends on what's around but yeah, yeah um you know we've trekked to have a space camp in spring and it did rain for a couple of hours although luckily it was on the way back um on the way down to Lukla. um in the autumn it's Are you forgetting about september I know. I was just going to say <laughs> September because you're just coming out of monsoon, and you know they don't. Unfortunately, the weather is literally like draw a line. It's one one day, it's yeah. one thing; one day, it's another. Unfortunately, it creeps over at September sometimes. Uh, it does mean it gets a bit of rain in September. So yeah, if you're going to September at all, it's just something to be aware of. I was going to say we had hell of a trek, didn't we, on the last day between Namshi and Lukla? It was uh, it was it was character building, Dave. It yeah, was, character uh, building. We went too early in the season. It was a little private trip for myself, Andy, and some yeah. friends. And wow. we wanted to get it in before, like, you know, the, the real season starts. So we, we, we chanced it and went a bit early. And um, never again. Never again. <laughs> it was, yeah. It, Andy's right. Character building is a, is a good word for it. Um, no, the guys just mentioned, um, so Gavin's going in April. So, yeah, in April, you, you, you might escape that. Um, but just be prepared. I take it anyway, just in case, uh, you know, regarding waterproofs, things like that. Yeah, always carry them anyway. It's all uh, packed for four seasons, we always say. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Christopher Clifford Hurst has said, when you take meds on yep. EBC, do you need a doctor's note to take anything? Um, not really, unless you're taking anything that you think you might need a prescription for. Yeah. Um, so um, if you anything that's like prescribed by a doctor, then you're going to have to visit a doctor in order to get them anyway. When we're talking about stuff like um, the antibiotics that are in my Brad Pitt kit, um, they were prescribed to me by a nurse at the Nomad Travel Clinic. Um, and they're a general broad use antibiotic for um, stomach upsets and diarrhea. So, yeah. yeah. And uh, if it's stuff like over the counter, um, no, you don't need any doctor's note or anything like that. It's always handy, I think, you know, just to keep your guide aware what, yeah. why you're taking something. You know, so if you, if you are taking ibuprofen and paracetamol because you're suffering extreme headaches and nausea, then it'd be something you want to tell your guide about. Um, and all, equally, if you've got like a bad knee or a bad back, just so they can look after you and keep an eye on you. It's not like hand-holding. It's because we want to get you to EBC and back down or to the summit of Kili and back down. And, you know, if the guide can do anything to help, they need to know about it. That's all. Yeah, no, you, you made a good point there. And, and yeah, I think also as well, I guess he's also mentioning do, do we need it as well? And I think, you know, like if I am taking medication to let you know, guys know. And I think, Dave, you said there, yeah, if there's anything like that, like in Nepal, when you arrive at the hotel, um, when you have your briefing at the hotel anyway, you'll have to fill in like your insurance details. And also as well, there's a little area you can put down anything. Obviously, you know, talk privately with us if there's anything specifically that you want us to to manage. Um, like we've had customers with um, you know, certain disabilities, certain health issues, and then we've managed that accordingly. Um, yeah. 
just you know we always operate on full transparency and you know uh, looking after you so yeah just just let us know and you know we can we can say okay we recommend this uh we'll keep the guide uh mention it so you know because if, if they're looking at they're looking after your health and if there's anything that could affect that let them know especially around medication exactly yeah um, but yeah, great question. Um, yeah, as we're flying through it, Sital, great to see you on here. You mentioned, uh, would you recommend Barocca or vitamin C tablets? Yeah, me and Dave both take those. Um, again, I think um, that would go in my uh, duffel bag. I wouldn't necessarily carry that during the day. Yeah, uh, I do have sort of one of those in the morning. Um, you know, a cup of water just to. Yeah, again, and I know your body flushes a lot of this stuff out, but it also retains some of it. So yeah, it's great to, you know, where we use them, don't we, Dave? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, should be in the practice of taking a multivit every day, I think, you know, but uh, I do anyway. Um, but when you were out there, your diet tends to be largely the same every day for a period of time. So just topping it up with like a Barocca or a multivit or something like that just keeps yeah. you picking over a little bit healthier. That's uh, that's my belief and that's why I do it. Um, again, we keep coming back to, a, you know, I have tried a Barocca and then I remember it's on the trek, someone said, what are you doing there for? The, nothing happens, you, you know, you just pee it all out. And I was thinking, well, but it makes me feel better, you know, and half of the That's all it does. Is, is up top, you know, so um, yeah. it's about exactly. keeping your mindset positive. And if you believe it's having a positive effect, it, it might actually be having a positive effect, you know, so. Exactly, exactly. Uh, do you suggest, uh, this is from Paul Meacher, Hey, Paul. Um, yeah. Do you suggest loading your backpack with stuff cubes? Um, not necessarily. I kind of do it with my duffel bag or my, you know, my, from a storage point of view. Um, I've only recently been using it the last sort of two or three trips. In the beginning, everything went in. Um, one of our customers, one of my good friends, Tom, who came to Everest Base Camp with us last year in April. Um, Dave, I know you were like, oh, my God, Tom has revived almost. It changed your way of how you pack your bags, right, with these with these. Uh, packing cubes he's the most organized man i've ever met like yeah, uh, yeah he is. i've been camping with him before and he everything is at perfect right angles and organized and like <laughs> um, but no he, yeah um i never used packing cubes but i always rolled my stuff up and I, I i like my bag to be relatively organized yeah i've seen andy's bag in the mountains <laughs> <laughs> they are all cool yeah. <laughs> no, I, i've changed a little bit but so, yeah, yeah. And, um, and these packing cubes yeah i do use them and i keep them in my duffel bag so I bought um, the Osprey do them, but they're quite expensive. So I tend to get them on Amazon, just, you know, a pack of like 12 on Amazon. And then what I'll do is I'll just mark them, base layers, trousers, socks, yeah. whatever. So when I'm looking for stuff, I don't have to kind of like, you know, do this. I can just move a couple of cubes and get what I need. Um, it's all about just like reducing thinking time on the mountain. You know, you want things to be second nature and easy, especially when you're at altitude. Um, you know, when you're sort of a Gorek chef or you're on your way up to Kili and you're starting to feel the altitude and you can't find something in your bag, it'll drive you mad. <laughs> yeah. Um, Haley's asked actually around um, any tips on the easiest way to carry a decent camera. So like, an, I presume like an SLR, um, not in the backpack. Um, yeah, I, I have carried an SLR. And I know lots of Evertrackers have. Um, because we get some, you know, you're in an amazing place, uh, you know, you've got a decent camera, definitely have it with you. Again, it's finding that balance. I always think, you know, if you've got a couple of decent lenses and you want to take them, I usually, you know, if you've got a few decent lenses, I kind of stick to one or two. If you're taking one, make sure it's a bit of an all-rounder. Um, or, you know, if you're taking two, then, you know, have one that's maybe got a, you know, decent zoom on it. 
um, you know, to, to get up close to the mountains and have one wide angle one because you can, you know, get some really good landscape shots. Anyway, not to go too much into that. But yeah, the point is when, you know, obviously you want to look after it from the dust. I know Steve, who brought all of his film and equipment on Everest Base Camp, had some, um, uh, I forgot what they were called now. I, I don't know if he's on the live. Um, or I could get him to sort of feedback, but he had some sort of cases, if you like, that went inside of his big bag. Yeah. And then while I was in his day bag, he did have something to cover it. Yeah. Keep it dust free and for moisture and things like that, especially on Killy. I know he did that. Yeah. Um, as well. So yeah, just in, in, I suppose just, just keeping it clean, keeping it dry. Those would be my tips, you know, just, um, you know, having your backpack and it's it low pro, low pro. He's got, yeah, he had a specific, and this is it, because it's different with, with Steve. He had a, a, a porter to carry all of his camera gear. And although it's great and we'd love to if we got decent equipment, you want to have it with you most times, you know, so you can snap. Because instead of putting it in your big bag and it getting carried to your destination, you want to have that during the day. So, yeah, I've like I've carried my SLR in my backpack, but it is weighty and you do notice it. Um, you know, it's not like water where you can drink away that way it's it's always there so be conscious of that but then again if you've got like a mirrorless camera that is you know lighter then brilliant yeah. uh, or just you know if you've got a decent cam decent uh, android or iphone they've got some pretty decent cameras on there too um you yeah. know and it's and obviously a lightweight Happy yeah. Yeah. shane um shane hubbard has asked uh, a big question here but Okay. Yeah, I, I might I might just uh, summarize it. So basically, he wants to know what the likelihood is of doing a trek this year, nine days or less. Um, uh, well, likely to the end of this month, and unlikely to involve self-isolating. Um, oh, not too strenuous, to be honest. Pro nothing really. <laughs> like uh, the destinations um, that you can possibly go to are almost certainly uh, being advised against. By the FCO, so that means you're going to be subject to the 14 day when you come back. You've mentioned there that you went did a trip in Scotland and you felt like you needed some more mountain fitness. My my advice would be spend more time in Scotland. You know, use the rest of this year to sort of build that fitness and stuff like that, and then go on a proper adventure. Yeah. Um, you know, although I, you know, trust me, I feel the urge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all are. <laughs> you know, I, I was supposed to have done quite a bit of traveling the end of this year that um, I've had to put on hold. So. Yeah, I do feel the disappointment, but ultimately, I think it's for the best. You know that um, we, you know, we, we go next year because we don't want to contribute to the problems that are already in that country, and also it creates a great deal of problems for us as well. So, you know, my biggest concern at the moment is that if you travel there and you've done all the tests and you're perfectly fine, and then you catch it in Kathmandu, say five or seven days later when you're at Gorak Shep or Dingboche or whatever. You have a respiratory illness, <laughs> and I just—that's not an ideal scenario. Um, so yeah, my advice would be: yeah, head to the mountains, do more stuff in Scotland, do a Monroe challenge or so, a Monroe challenge or something like that. Yeah, uh, Andy did a crazy one the other day, so um, do that. <laughs> yeah, you—you you mean about the? Um, I think a couple of ever trekkers have done this now, but the Glen Shield Ridge, yeah, I think it's seven Monroes. That's, that's a bit of a beast. Yeah. Um, it's a great day out, great day out. We had some challenging weather, but if you get it on a decent weather, it's one of the best hikes you can do up in Scotland. I mean, Scotland's amazing. It's uh, it's uh, typically it's so far away uh, in terms of driving. It's like a ten-hour drive, but it's uh, uh, I've got a close affinity to Scotland over the last few years. Uh, definitely going to be spending some more time up there. But yeah, Glenshield Ridge, guys. If you want a really good hard, um, I mean, hard is a, is a gauge, you know, because um, it, it's tough on the body, um, especially after lockdown. Certainly was one of the big 
big ones I did after lockdown. That that it was noticeable. Yeah, uh, lockdown timber. Uh, but again, yeah, great little, great well, little. We've got a couple of questions here, and one's for you. The first one okay. I'll is for Jerome. A little off topic here. How does the barefoot yeti fit her crampons? <laughs> um, yeah, the answer, Jerome, is carefully. Um, and, uh, <laughs> Andy, this is one for you. Uh, okay. Off topic, but what influencer light, aka ring light, do you have there, Andy? I think uh, that's from Leah. She's uh, she's a light enthusiast. Well, okay, uh, influencer light, nice. Um, yeah, oh, actually, I haven't. I, I I will show you generally what it is, but all it is is a lamp. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just a, a lamp for my Kia. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, I did. I do have one in the office. Um, I say, well, because of uh, the local lockdowns, we are limiting our time in the office. Some of us can get this, others can't. Um, but yeah, at home, all I can muster up was this lamp, yeah. which apparently is max 20 watt, according to that. Yeah, and um, my lamp is um, it's a giant lamp in the sky. It's uh, more than 20 watts, but I'm not entirely sure what. Great <laughs> <laughs> stuff. Um, what size of litre should a day pack be for Killy? That was from Danny Mitchell. And I think Sital mentioned what litre bag is ideal. Dave, I know you, you covered it again. I, um, what sort of litre would you say? So 30 litres is a good one to aim for, right? Yeah, I think 30 litres, you know, if uh, we ask this quite a lot, and I think they're pushing for like a, a specific bag size. Yeah. Go with 30 litres. The Osprey Talon, is it 33 and or 30? That's perfect. Um, but 25, the range you'll see is 25 to 40. So that's pretty much what you'll see. Bigger than 40 is way too big. Less, lower than 25 is way too small. Um, 30 sits right in the middle is pretty much what I would do. Like I said, this one here is the Osprey Stratos. Yeah. Um, that is a 26 liter. I used it for Killy. It was brilliant. Um, my other two bags are a 30 liter and a 40 liter. Um, is there a big you, range there? I think, I think the, big, the big point here, Dave, sorry to, to jump in. Um, is that yeah whatever works for you um, is that that range uh, and as long as that as long as it works for you and you're used to hiking in the UK with it it will be fine on your trip yeah. so try not to get too bogged down with the detail um, just think if it works for you now uh, it'll be fine because I Dave we always talk about this don't we like the, the equipment we use now is the same equipment that we use on high altitude trips trekking yeah. trips exactly yeah and also you know I. I, I'm not an equipment snob by any stretch. You know, yeah. a bag is a bag. I, I tend to buy as time goes on, like the 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 more well-known makes and the more expensive gear because I use it a lot and I go, I take it to different countries a lot and it lasts longer. Yeah. But if you're buying all of this stuff completely fresh um, and it's for your first trip, then you can you, you can buy some stuff and figure it out as you go, you know, and then and then upgrade it over time. Um, there's no need for anyone to go out and spend like you know thousands of pounds on all this the highest tech trekking gear that you can get right off the bat because some of it might not work for you you know like some of my favorite bags you know over the years have been like cheaper ones that I bought they're just really comfortable they just don't last as long but it, but it works for you doesn't it and I think you, you'll find a way I, I mean I think on my first ever base camp trek um, you know before we started uh, started the company I used I think it was my old gym bag uh it didn't have any back support it was um but at the, it was i think it was only about 20 liters but i made it work because it only had one compartment um i look back on it now and think geez i really wear that but it's only because i've used maybe things that are better for my body now 
and I've got used to longer trips with it. So yeah, I mean, whatever you use, it'll it'll be fine. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's like there's heaps of options uh, with them. Um, right, some some other questions here. Just going on, uh, where are we? Uh, Paul Evans, Paul. Uh, yeah, you've asked about can you buy more snacks along the EBC route? Do you need to bring your full requirements for the trek? So no, you there's heaps of. So you'd be hiking through Sherpa villages. Um, one of them being my favourite, which is Namche. It's got the world's highest Irish pub. So, uh, yeah, great place. Um, important to keep hydrated on the way down. Uh, and they do heaps of everything there. You've got Snickers, Mars bars, Pringles, um, pretty much Bounty. You know, so they got snacks and things. Yeah. You can there. You can buy nuts. So you can get it on in any of these villages that you stop. Um, so don't think you have to carry all the stuff up there. But we always say take a treat, something that maybe you might not think you can get. Just take it out with you. Um, like I take those cliff bars. I take some, um, uh, what else do I take? I take some sweets, uh, you know, some Haribos, Tangtastics, Dave. I know you quite like taking those. So, yeah, yeah there's loads of stuff you can take, but you can get you can get loads of snacks up there. Yeah, exactly. A um, couple of questions here. So uh, Jerome has said he's partially deaf. Is this an issue for EB? I'm assuming he means Everest Base Camp, EBC. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not. Um, in fact, it might help you sleep at night um, if you have noisy neighbours. Um, so, yeah, no, that's fine. But like everything, make your guide aware of it anyway, just in case. So if he's trying to call yeah. you or anything like that from a distance, he knows to shout extra loud or, or send a runner to you or something like that. But no, it should be fine. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those. I Because, I, again, we've had people with similar issues um, who have been on our trips and um, they've just given us a heads up, you know, so our guides can know exactly how to to work with you. If, if here it is an issue, um, anything like that, just just let us know. And yeah uh, you know, any any uh tolerances uh, it's all intolerances anything at all um yeah just let us know but jerome you you'll be fine yeah um next what what we got do oh shane has asked a good question actually because i know we talked briefly about doctor's notes earlier and he said do we need a medical of our doctors before you yeah. go to everest base camp um yeah it's a good question actually you don't have to um at the end of the day whenever you go on these trips you know it is down to, to yourself um whether you're you, you feel capable of going on these trips and we hope our advice here maybe can allay some of the fears or worries about that um because you are just walking you know there, there's no technical things going on here yeah you're just walking to every space camp the biggest challenge obviously is the altitude it does put your body under stress because you've got as you adjust to the altitude but it's very manageable and yeah um you know as a, as a professional company we'd say look if that's important to you and you want that peace of mind then yeah go and go and have a little check up with your doctor yeah there's a caveat to that because uh you know from, from our experience we've had a lot of customers who've gone to their doctors and they've said one thing or another they'll always they'll always think the worst case scenario because that's their job at the end of the day they're, try, they're trying to care for you um if you want the real specialist advice then maybe go to a high altitude doctor um you know nomad health clinics for example they'll be able to talk to you from their experience knowing how altitude deals with the, uh, your body deals with the altitude so yeah, it's one of those things. But if you if you do need peace of mind, then go to your doctor, maybe check up your blood pressure and you know get an MOT. Um, it certainly won't hurt. Um, you know we don't need that as long as you get uh, adequate insurance. Yeah. Uh, obviously you can um, you can come in on our, our on our trips. Awesome. So um, quick question, we are here. So yes, David Clift. Ah, Dave, I think I, I'm emailing you at the moment. Yeah. So we're hey, doing, David, how you doing, mate? Doing a little group for group for him. Um, but yeah, so you intermittently fast. Is this a problem? Twenty four. Wow, okay. Whenever eat. Wow. Um, is that every day? Um, I would. When you're trekking at altitude, you're going to be expending a lot more energy than you normally would. 
um, in your day-to-day. -day. So every day you're going to be trekking. Even at rest, um, your body is um, going to be burning extra calories. So I might suggest not doing it. Um, I have never really done it, so I don't know how it affects the body, but I know that you're going to be using a lot more energy than you used to. Yeah. Um, so you need to put calories in in order to burn every day. Um, so I would say one hour of eating is probably not going to be adequate in order to get you to sort of base camp or killy or stuff like that. Um, I'm particularly worried, you know, so on like Kilimanjaro, it's, summit day is quite epic and it's quite long, you know. So if you haven't really had enough food and you have like an energy crash on the way there, there's not a real opportunity to kind of feed you, you know, so uh, yeah. snacks and stuff. So, yeah, I would perhaps suggest um, testing it, you know. It's different at altitude, but go out and do like a four or five day trek when you're trekking for, um, you know, five, six, seven hours a day and, and see how your body manages. But I would perhaps be inclined to advise not to when you're at high altitude, just because I know the energy demands on the body are quite high. Yeah, exactly. A good, great answer. I think, um, yeah, Dave, it's one of those things, whether it's obviously from a medical point of view or you're doing it for a particular reason, because I've done intermittent fasting before, um, not quite uh, 23 and one. I've done it a bit less than that. <laughs> I think I've done 16, eight um, and 18, 18, six I've done. Um, but yeah, just it, it can, you know, it's great for you. But I think, yeah, when you're on these sort of trips, really, you, you, it's definitely you've got to keep you've got to fuel up, mate. Um, you want to keep that, you know, you want to keep that energy up um and i think uh, when you're out there you'll you'll lose weight anyway I've, i think a lot of people i can see on here i know have said look i when you're on there because you're expending so much energy you'll lose weight um so it's important uh, even you know you, you can get away with it at altitude actually eating what you want funny enough which is awesome <laughs> you know you can eat cakes you can eat whatever you want because you'll 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 just burn that energy yeah. uh, i know a lot of i know people who have lost over a stone some sometimes two stone just yeah. on a day trek so yeah um you know if it's coming to to that and it's obviously why you're doing the, the fasting i know there's people out there who would see it as a challenge i think right okay i'm going to do that because I, I i because it's i can i just think it's going to be tough so yeah, yeah it's, it's just a decision you have to make there dave and more than happy to for us to have a chat about that and um you know if there's a if there's a challenge thing then we'll, we'll, we'll certainly because it's up to you um but i'd uh, as dave said you've got to you've got to keep your energy up there mate definitely seamlessly into the next link uh paul halliday is uh is there any issue with food on the trip if you're a vegetarian um no it's actually a good thing um so particularly um in ebc um we recommend a vegetarian diet uh, because you're eating a lot of food in the lodges that's not being prepared by your own cook or your own guide so they're not able to check the quality of the food before they cook it and things like that and also it's very hard to cook things through um so yeah, yeah um to be safe we say vegetarian diet the whole way uh, enjoy your food once you get back down have what you want um, but yeah, it's pretty much on EBC on Killy it's a little bit different so we have our own cooks and things and our own gas burners and we can make um, make sure the food is safe is safe before we serve it um, we've got that extra level of quality control but on in the lodges and stuff no 100% uh, vegetarian yeah exactly it's a hey, Anne Barrett's on a live. Well, I haven't seen Anne for a while. <laughs> Anne, great to see you on here, mate. Um, I haven't seen your name in ages, but great to see you on. I had the pleasure of trekking to Everest Base Camp with Anne almost two years ago, Anne, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it was. But it, it was fantastic. Um, and she lost, uh, I think, yeah, three and a half kgs. And 
you know, she, yeah, I mean, snacks, you can you can eat what you want. It's it's great. Uh, but Anne, great to see you on, mate. Um, and I hope you're well. Hope life is treating you well. Um, right. Any more questions, Dave? I think we've I mean, I know we've flown by today over an hour already. Yeah, hopefully we've covered everything, but uh, it's, it's almost getting we're going to have to do like a five hour long live. I think. Just <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, one thing I will say, if we've missed anything, you know, feel free yeah. to email in, drop us a message, um, you know, and Andy sends out an email now um, every Monday asking you to reply. So look out for that. Anything we've missed or anything you want to ask us, put on those emails. We guarantee to read them out every time. Um, but hopefully that's it. But yeah, just to clarify, polls good, food, vegetarian, bag, 30 kilo, 30 liters, not kilos. <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> Dave. Um, yeah, I think, think that's pretty much it, yeah. Great stuff. Um, yeah, great, awesome to, to have everyone on, especially uh, Anne as well. Great to see you, uh, great to see you on, mate. Um, and yeah, we'll be back next week. Um, next Tuesday, actually, I think we've got a little bit of an announcement. So um, if you are on, yeah, do do join us. Um, we're, we're running something that's really cool. So, yeah, we'll see you next Tuesday. Uh... Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Mountain Malarkey podcast. Um, yeah, that was something a little bit different, wasn't it, from the Tuesday tune-in, but I hope yeah. you enjoyed it. I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, Ant. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks. Now, if, uh, if you've enjoyed it, don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. Um, you know, all these uh, podcasts we put together, the episodes trying to reach as many people as possible and if it's helped you leave us a lovely review um and yeah we'll see you again next week Let's go.